Revelation chapter 5. Should I stay here? Here is better? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Let's put this here. So, Revelation chapter 5. We had an amazing, amazing Revelation chapter 4 with Ken, with his beautiful gift of teaching. Uh, Last week was amazing. You had time to, I don't know if you had time to watch his videos in our Facebook and media. It's it's really helpful, really nice. And uh, last week I felt, what amazing teaching, it was really beautiful. And today we keep going and talking about Revelation chapter 5. Now, a few years ago, do you remember that actor, Woody Allen? Woody Allen, is he Okay. Okay, so he was given an interview, and the sentence, the, the phrase, the sentence that became very famous for uh, at that time in Brazil, because the translation for English to Portuguese was funny. As Brazilians, we understood that the journalist said that Woody Allen said to take shower every day is snobbery. 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 Yes, like vanity or something. And then the journalist and the Brazilian said, oh, he doesn't like to shower. <laughs> but what he was trying to communicate was another totally different thing. Because in Portuguese, we just have one word for shower. But in English, I have bath, take a bath, shower. And he was trying to explain that when you take a bath in the bathtub, you know, with wine, listen to music, that long bath every day is a snobbery. That was the meaning. But the studio, oh, he doesn't like shower. <laughs> Mainly because in Brazil we don't have bathrooms. So one thing is what the guy is trying to communicate. The other thing what the people are understanding. And sometimes to do some exercise to understand mainly the Bible and Revelation. So today, I'll try to do with you some kind of journey to understand parts of uh, this book. We are not having Q&A questions by the middle of the corridor. Today, we are just having the next week um, because uh, we are with our hosting guys today and we are going to London later on. But I have the videos and today I'm trying to give some instructions. Let's read the text and pray. Revelation chapter 5. Then, the first word is then. That means there was something before. Then what? We had the whole chapter four we had last week. That was the vision starting chapter four, verse one, when the voice came from heaven saying, John, come up here. And this vision start there. And if you remember, Ken, he shared with us last week. And this vision just finished in chapter eight. So this whole block is the same vision. We are now in the middle here, chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel. It wasn't any angel. It was a mighty one. A mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the screw? But no one in heaven on earth 
or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. Even look, nobody was worthy. I wept and wept because, why John? Because no one who was Battery? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's working. I think it's the cable. Let me see. Okay? I can preach with this in my hand. I promise I don't drop it. Yeah? Okay? Keep going. Ah, I think it's the cable. Uh, Yeah, it can be. The hand one. Oh, on the front. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. So, you are, you are, don't look to my belly. I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Cool. Perfect. Let's read again. Verse 4. Revelation 5, verse 4. I wept and wept because I like this. John is giving a reason. So, because no one was found who was worthy, not able, but worthy to open the scroll and look inside. Then, again, then, one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the road of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then, again, I saw a lamb. Looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encycled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. And what God uh, did here with his spirit? Sent out into all earth. He went and took the screw from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people, my and your prayers. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take this crew to open its seals, because... And with your blood, you purchased for God persons for every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they you reign, reign on the earth. Lord Jesus, this is your word. We love your word. We need your word. Speak with us this very morning. Speak with me. Speak with your church in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Now, I have some, um, what's the name? PowerPoint to show for you guys to understand a bit better of this. We have all these names, seals, scroll, books, seven this, seven that. You know, if you remember, at the beginning of this series, we were explaining that Revelation is everything about seven. Let me just refresh the mind. Seven churches, seven bowls, seven horns, seven everything. Seven is the 
The meaning is like the perfect, the fulfillment, the perfect number of God. But then, in this part, we are talking about this document, this letter with seal. And what is this? So, first, do you have the first um, picture? Thank you. I don't know who it was. Thank you. Yeah. This was a kind of seal, okay? You had many types. I'm sure you have watched some um, films from kings and middle age and all of this. Could be a ring, could be a stamp, and could be this kind of seal, cylinder. So they used to roll, is the word, yeah? Uh, on the clay, and could be a drawing like this, or, or a name, or a symbol of something. It's like, letters we have today seal with the queen or someone important just to make sure that document uh, will remain closed and nobody could break the seal and then we have the next one just to show for you how was a document so this one here this guy here is one seal they used to do and then we have the instructions this is a marriage cert certificate how they used to prepare and to keep that document with the kind of seal. So um, we have outside or inside parts. Sometimes they just write outside parts that could be read for anyone. Greetings, names, uh, but the real content of the document, secret, inside. And this is one kind of seal they had. Uh, papyrus is the pronunciation, papyrus, papyrus, uh, legal scrolls were made rolled, flattened, 3D, uh, uh, folded in third and three, shrunk, clay stamped to make seal endorsement. So all these letters that you have in your Bible was like this. I was funny because I was talking with the girls and, uh, at home and they kind of thought the books that we read and the stories that we read in the Bible were like books. No, they were all like this, scrolls. And then here, he talking, he's talking about another kind of document. This was very usual uh, in the Roman Empire, all these documents, letters, but there was a specific document with seven seals. Do you have the next one? Yeah. This was last will testament of a person. The person's will. They used to do in the beginning to write the document with seven witnesses. But then you cannot trust. Then they used to put the seven seals. If you start to read the scroll, you need to break the first one, read one part, and then, oh, but I want to know the rest. And keeps going. And open the seven seals to read the full document. So what the Bible is saying here, like Woody Allen was trying to explain and people understand a different way, what the Bible is saying is not any document that John saw. He saw a testament of God. In other words, he was seeing the plan of our salvation was the God's will testament. Um, and then John saw the thing. But another thing we need to understand about these texts in the Roman days and that days, to teach something is different than us. Example, if, do you remember when we were kids at school to memorize some 
things. They used to sing songs or to put very simple songs to understand the letters or some kind of teaching. And usually, we have these songs, uh, what's the word in English when you match the words rhyme? With rhymes to memorize. Example, do you have the next slide? This poem, who can read this poem for us? Where's the microphone? Anna, could you read this poem for us with that very nice voice? So, William Blake, I will not cease from mental fight, nor shall my sword sleep in my hand, till we have built Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land. Let's clap, Anna. <laughs> you see, you have land with hands, and you have the poems and teachings in our Western culture. It's okay, it's normal. It's how we understand and teach and learn stuff. But in these days of John and the Hebrews, totally different. Not matching, not with rhymes, but with something. Parallelism or repetition. Let me give you an example. Do you have the next slide? This is Psalm 51, verse 1. Just verse 1. If you see, he's talking the same thing. First part, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love and according to your great compassion, but of my transgressions. He's using different words to teach the same. Next slide, please. It's still Psalm 51, verse 2. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse from my sin. He's teaching the same. The Bible is full of repetition and repetition. I have examples in Isaiah and many books of the Bible and histories as well with Abraham and Isaac. Everything was about the cross and Jesus. You have all the way that the Jews, they, they was trying to communicate and to teach something. Next slide. It's still Psalm 51. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. You see? He's talking the same thing. It's not with rhymes, but he keeps repeating. And the next slide. Surely I was a sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Do you understand? Why this is important to understand Revelation and some parts of the Bible? Because this isn't written thinking in the Western postmodern culture. And then we take this time machine to understand what Woody Allen was trying to communicate or what the Bible is trying to communicate in Revelation chapter 5. If you see the next slide, I'll give you an example in the book of Revelation, how is the repetition we have from the edges, from the beginning and from the end of the book, coming out to inside the book, repetitions. You see, verse 1, the very beginning of Revelation, Revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. The last chapter, to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Have this the whole Revelation book. I'm not going to this in the whole Revelation book, but just few slides. Next one, please. I have the same, still, uh, verse 1. You see the same thing? Repetition. And the next, please. Verse 1 and 2, his servant John, I, John, you see? So he's coming. And this keeps going in Revelation uh, 2, 3, and 20, 
to 21, 20 is coming in many parts, this repetition. Next slide, please, or is this the last? I don't know, I don't remember, yeah. Blessed are those who heard it and take to heart what is written it. And uh, it's funny, this part, just the brackets here, because in some Bible translation, uh, they teach, uh, they have blessed are those who hear it. And bless is the one who speak as well. Because was like today. The guy used to stand, read, speak, and the people, the audience listen. So the blessings for the guy who is speaking and also for those who are listening to. So you have this repetition. Is this the last one? I think it's the last. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So no more slides. Thank you for this introduction. Just to make you understand what's happening here. Now... John, with this kind of culture of repetition and teaching in this way, trying to communicate for a guy like me and you in the 21st century, what's the main teaching chapter 5? And chapter 5 is full of the gospel. So we, we are not going for every comma in the chapter, but I just want to pick with you some verses here. And the key word that make to, uh, makes my heart um, stirring was this, who is worthy to break the seals? This question from heaven, uh, from this mighty angel. Who is worthy? And John said, I was weeping because nobody's. If you're watching this in your home, and maybe you think, oh, what this guy with weird accent, he's not worthy to speak with me today, or, yeah, you're right. Nobody's, I'm not worthy. And this is the point. Sometimes you don't realize this. We are living in a generation that we cannot say things like this. Why you are not worthy? The Bible says there is no righteous and all have sinned. If we lose the whole Bible, and if I could pick just one verse, this one, Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I think it's a key verse to understand this, that we are not worthy. We are not cool, nice, beautiful. We have something in us called sin. And we are living in these days that we cannot name it sin. We cannot preach against the sin because people feel offended. And many times when I was reading my Bible or praying, I felt, okay, the Bible is being offensive with me. And I read the Bible against myself, giving reason to God. And this is offensive. I don't want to hear that I'm a sinner. I don't want to hear that my DNA or there is something inside of me is like a monster. I don't want to hear for that preacher that in that big screen, if they put my thoughts from this morning, I feel so ashamed and lost all my friends. I don't want to hear that I am not worthy. In Genesis, I love this verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 5 says, The Lord saw how great the weakness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at the time. Evil. 
So when John is weeping, looking to God's testament, what that means? God has a testament. God has a, a rewards and a plan. But nobody is worthy even to look at it. Or to open and to preach in his name. And to tell for the people about sin and salvation. Nobody is worthy. And we need to understand this. Look, uh, Augustine of Hypo. Hippo. Oh, now the wine is, sounds like we're okay. Augustine Hippo. He said once, why I feel tempted? Why I want to steal fruits from my neighbor's tree? Why? I have fruits in my home. I'm not hungry. I know why. Because it's forbidden. Because it's something that I cannot do. Because there is something inside of me and I don't know how to get rid of it. I don't need to teach a children or a kid to lie. I don't need to teach anyone to be self-centered. I don't need to teach anyone to be selfish. It's easier for us. It's part of us. Do you know why sometimes we, we don't tremble before this when we read, all have sinned? Because we don't know what that means. And you know why sometimes we don't know what that means? Because we don't know who God is. This blessed, amazing being, creator of the universe, who said for the planet, stay here, stay there, and for the stars, full of grace, love, compassion. But me, Daniel, do you know what I love? I love revenge. I love, my flesh hates to pray. I love to please my flesh. I love to preach, and by the end of the sermon, when I go to have a lunch or having a shower this evening, think, oh, I did really well this morning. I like to feed my vanity. I like compliments at the end of the service in this corridor, say, oh, you preach really well. Satan doesn't need to take me out from the church. He just needs to put me on the spotlights, on the stage, to feed my sin. This is my temptation. I don't know what's yours. This is my thing. So when I open this screw with seven seals to preach about the name, I don't feel worthy to speak his name. And sometimes I feel <sighs> amazed how we sing songs, such beautiful songs like we had this morning but not aware about the words that we are speaking. That you are praising a holy God who loves justice, who loves forgive. I remember a time in my life I worked for a man and he was, what's the word, stealing my wages. I felt so angry. And I called for a lawyer and it took him for the court because I was angry. This is not fair. I deserve that money. And that words came to my heart, just forgive. I do not forgive this guy. He's already rich. I worked hard. I had all that clients. I need this commission. Barbara and Manuela, uh, and Barbara, Clara and Manuela, they are so little. I need that money. I was in the court with the judge there. The guy was sitting there. And I felt rubbish. I'm talking about money. 
Really? I wasn't worried about his salvation. I felt rubbish. And that weekend, I was supposed to be preaching. Nobody is worthy. What the devil is doing now is saying for people, it's okay. This that you have in your heart, Daniel, is not a sin. You're not killing everyone, not stealing everyone. You're a good husband. You're washing up the dishes and you clean the house. Really? And then you have all these teachings in the church, preaching and teaching how beautiful we are. One of the most famous songs for that guy, uh, Williams, Rob Williams, that singer from, from Robin Williams. Oh, it looks like the actor, the same name. Okay. You are beautiful. I don't know if you know this song. Just praising us. Many churches just put the human being, ladies and men and kids, as the center of the service, saying good words. You are amazing. You are victorious. You will. You are loved. Yes, you are loved. That's why he bled, bled on the cross. But nobody's saying, hey, nobody's worthy. So we have this gospel, and we have another gospel on social media, and, and, and the big, uh, amazing rock concerts, church, which is different stuff. When John was weeping, what that means, the pastor of the Ephesians church, the pastor of Jesus Christ, he's saying, I am not worthy even to look to that testament. I know, but Daniel is. Oh, no, but there's more than pastors. Oh, yes, they are worthy. Nobody's. I need to understand that my flesh always wants to please myself. And there is something in me who hates God, who is an enemy. The Bible says we are enemies of God. But then the voice came from heaven. And the phrase was, hey, do not weep. Wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. Do not weep. Yes, there is no hope. Yes, you cannot save yourself. When I look to myself, I cannot save me. I cannot save myself. But when I look to the lion, I cannot get lost. It's impossible. Do not weep, came the voice from heaven. I don't, I don't remember the last time I wept for the lost and the least. I don't remember. I don't remember the last time to see the God's plan and testament. And say, yes, we have answer. We have solution for the planet, for the world, for the humankind. And I remember to weep in this Bible in my room saying, God, we need to see Crowley saved. We need to see church being planted. I want to see this mission burning in my heart. I don't remember when was this. John was weeping and weeping, and I wept and I wept. Read here. Because of the testament of God. We became so sophisticated. We became so comfy and settled in our faith. But the voice came, do not weep. And the reason to not weep, see, look to the lion. <laughs> and the whole name, the lion. If you have any question, the lion, the root of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he is. Look to him. 
And then John turned his head and instead to see a lion, he saw a lamb. And the Greek word for this lamb was a little baby lamb. Lamb. What's the name? Baby lamb. Baby lamb. <laughs> baby lamb. And, but he wasn't a very pretty, oh, this baby lamb I want to take with my home. Would you like to take you to your home, a baby lamb full of blood? Because the text said that he was looking like he has been slain with seven eyes and seven horns. Mm, wow, what is this? <laughs> that baby lamb. So we have this powerful God. Roaring like a lion. We have this majestic God. But also fragile. Bleeding. What he's saying here. The hope for me. For the world. For those who are watching now on YouTube. And for you is the cross. And the sacrifice. Is the blood. Is the lamb. And then he saw. How can eternal God bleed? He saw a lamb bleeding. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53.10, it was the Lord's will to punish, to crush him on the cross. In this vision in, in, in Revelation chapter 5, he, saw, uh, he listened about the lion, but he saw a bleeding lamb. Just bringing back the memories about the cross. John was there at the foot of the cross with Mary, Jesus' mom. John was there. Stop to, to, to weep. There is hope for me and you, for your family, for your kids, for your future, for Crawley. Not because you're a fancy church who have a nice camera and big worship band. It's because of the cross of Jesus. Hey, we need to come back to preach about the cross. We need to come back to preach about resurrection, sin, forgiveness, grace, salvation. We need to come back to the reasons of our faith. God hates the sin. God can save the sinner. The sinner needs to repent. The sinner needs to look to the cross and say, I admit, I am a sinner. I know it's not nice to have this kind of sermon on Sunday morning. But there is a good news, not a good advice, a good news. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He can save you and your family if you repent this very morning here and now. Now, there is a new life waiting for you. And he was weeping. Do not weep. Look to the lamb, and then we have all that scene. And it's amazing because the text starts talking about the, the, the document with the seven seals and weeping and, and the blood of the lamb. But he finished singing, praising. So this part here is just a small part of this block from chapter 4 to 8. There's a music going on here. Uh, I wish to have time to go for each part of the song. But the song, verse 9, they sang a new song. I don't know how long you are part of this local church or any church in your life. But maybe what you need is to sing a new song. To replace the tears for a good music and a good song. If you are feeling hopeless, if you are feeling alone, if you are feeling sad, there is a song from heaven to you. Maybe we have that old faith, an old mindset about, yeah, it was like this. And we remember 
of our days with God full of joy and happiness in the very past, but today is just more the same. It's just another service. It's just another. We needed something new. We needed something excited. I need a new song, a new music, a new joy, a new fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, and there is. And after, by the end of the song, God take his spirit and send out into all earth to Crowley, to Portugal, to Brazil, to England. His spirit is here. Hey, the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit can heal your heart. The Holy Spirit can put a new song in your lips. The Holy Spirit can put a new hope in your heart, in your marriage, in your kids, in your future, in your mind. Because the Holy Spirit is alive. He's the Spirit of God. He's not a fog, something nice. We have God strong, Jesus kind of, and the Holy Spirit. By the way, the Holy Spirit. No, He is God in His Spirit with us, His church. Since Acts chapter 2 or before that, God was with his spirit working in his church. He can work in your faith, in your family, and this church this very morning. I would like to pray with you, but I want to ask you to pray for your own heart and faith this morning. I know it's usual we have requests of prayer and it's okay. Can you pray for this person, that situation, that person? But today, please, pray for your heart. If you need a new song, if you need to repent of some sin, if you need to, this re-encounter with Jesus. I had this many times in my life. If you need to see the Bible as a mirror against yourself, and if you are feeling offended this morning by the gospel, this is the Holy Spirit working to save you, to bring you back to the foot of the cross. Could we stand, please, to pray? Close your eyes for a second, please. Close your eyes for a second. I want to invite you to visit your soul. Because sometimes we are so busy in our lives and we don't stop to look at your, our souls and minds. We don't stop to talk about that sin. Sin is not only something that we do outside of us. It's something that is in our bones and minds and hearts. And we need to come to the cross this very morning. If you're watching this on YouTube, I want to invite you to pray with me as well. The Holy Spirit is here. If you feel guilty because you're past, the Holy Spirit is here for you. If you need forgiveness, if you need the blood of Jesus and the cross to visit you again, welcome. There is something in the gospel, and this word is just in the gospel called grace. The favor that I don't deserve it. The salvation that I don't deserve it. It's for you this morning and me. Lord Jesus, I come to your presence because I'm not worthy. But because of the cross, Lord Jesus, I want to surrender and confess my sins to you. 
And I want to receive your forgiveness because you loved me first. Lord Jesus, I need a new song in my life. I feel tired, weary. I need a fresh faith. I need a new joy and a new hope in my life. Lord, please, could you send to your church and to me a new music? A song with the letters to honor your name. Saying that worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy to break the seal. We're going to sing this song. And you are more than welcome. Don't worry about the time and look into the clock. That's fine. Sing this song with your heart. And if you feel free, you are more than welcome to come to the front. We will be here to pray with you and for you. Let's sing.